Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Open your Bibles to John chapter 1, verse 18. We're finishing up a series on getting to know God and specifically talking about the Trinity a bit during this process. And uh, John chapter 1, verse 18, it's the finish of the great prologue there to the incredible gospel of John. And, and John says, no one has ever seen God, but God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. So in this series, we've talked about it's three weeks and the first week we talked about part of our problem is that just all the way back to the garden, it's believing lies about God. The enemy comes and says, did God really say? And once we start believing that lie, we cut ourselves off from our real source of life. And then we start believing lies about ourselves. We start living by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is I make the call, I make the judgment, and I can't love with God's love. I can't do it. None of us can. And we miss it. We get off track. And so Jesus comes into our darkness. That's the starting point in the first week we talked about a couple weeks ago. Jesus is the light that shines into the darkness. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, right? And so we're groping around without Jesus, but Jesus comes and he shines his light right in the middle of our darkness and he brings us into relationship with God. And last week we, we highlighted the importance of the relational God of love. So Jesus is the Christ, the the anointed one, the son of the living God. He's the eternal son of the eternal father and their shared love and communion in the Holy Spirit. That's what he brings us into. The, 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 The biblical term is adoption. We've been adopted into the family of God. Y'all thought I was going to do an introduction that was going to be light and fluffy. I'm laying on you just some good stuff because we got a lot to cover. But adoption is just, it's this mind-boggling thing that from before, what was God doing before creation? He was, he was loving, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, that's what was happening before creation. And so His plan from before creation, choosing us to be holy and blameless in His sight, predestining. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. That's what he's bringing us into. And it's just like, whoo, this is awesome. And so adoption is kind of what drives all that Jesus does. The incarnation, the life, the ministry, the death on the cross for us, the resurrection by the power of God, the ascension to the right hand of God. So All of those things, he's the mediator. He is God to man, man to God. He is the mediator. And so because of him, we get in on his life. He has incorporated, he's included us into his life. And so his life becomes our, his death becomes our death. His life becomes our life. His ascension becomes our ascension. It's like, you know, it's just radical, radical good news that God is for us. He's not against us. He's not mad at you. He's for you. He sent his son to die for you so that we could be included in this incredible life. A great way to picture this is that because of what Jesus has done, he takes Adam to the grave, comes up, new creation, brings us with him right into the fellowship of the Trinity. We're included in this. 
into the Father's love for the Son. The Holy Spirit's love for the Son and the Father. And we get to share in this. And this is, it's mind-bogglingly good news. God is that for us. God wants us all in the middle of this. He's adopted us into this life, into this family, into this love. And I could just go on and on. I mean, as the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. And if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. It's such good news. I want you to know my joy, and I want it to be in you so that your joy will be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Do just like that. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends because everything my father, everything I learned from my father, I've made known to you. See, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. My command is this, love each other. Now, the reason this is so important, this is why John emphasizes love each other, love each other, love each other, because if we've been included in Christ and into this fellowship, this circle of love, then that means not only are we to love the Father that way, love the Son, love the Holy Spirit, and share that love as individuals, But that means that everyone who's been included in that circle is also to love each other. That's why I praise for unity all the time, that we would love each other so that we would know the love that the father has for the son is the same love that he has for us. I just think that's some really great news this morning. I've got some other stuff to say, but I don't know if it's going to get better than that. I just I'm just woo. Thank you, Lord. So as we finish this short series. I want to talk about the rhythms of relationship, because in real relationships, there are rhythms, there's ebbs and flows in our relationship. It's not all one thing in 32 and a half years of marriage that we do. We do, we, we come together, we're intimate, we're, we're, and then we go do things, we have meals, we talk, we're, and, and it's a, there's an ebb and flow in real relationships. Same thing is true in families. In families, they come together, have meals, and they talk, and they share life, and then they go do things. And that's the way, that's the way it is. In the, in the church, same way. We come together, and we talk, and we learn about the Lord, and we talk about the things of God, and encourage each other, and then we go do things, right? Make, make sense? And so, that's what I'm trying to say here this morning. That's in this rhythm of relationship. I want to read a passage that I think is it's kind of a, a, a great picture. In John chapter 20... Verses 19 to 23. It's like a picture of this rhythm of relationship that I'm talking about. We can kind of look at this as like a a metaphor, a picture, a paradigm for this rhythm of relationship. On the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. 
After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And this is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. So if I was going to just boil this down to one sentence, here it is today. One sentence, it's this. We get to know God as we walk in the rhythms of relationship with Him and others in community. There's rhythms that we walk in together, we come together, we go out, we come together, we go out, and we do all of that with God's presence, abiding in Him. That's where this message is going today. So the first one is this. We get to know the relational God of love, and I want to just, one little caveat here, I'm not saying everything there is to say about this. We, we got 20 minutes or whatever. I just, I'm, I'm giving us a few thoughts here. We're gathering, we're going out. There's more to say about the triune God of love in this, but I'm, I'm taking a swing at it. So we get to know the relational God of love as we gather. So that's that first part there, first part of that passage. On the evening, I mean, their hearts are broken. They don't know what to do, but they know to come together. And the disciples were together. And the doors are locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. So they've got fear. They've got anxiety. You know, so here we are. Again, it's just a picture. So here we are gathered. How many of you guys had some fear or anxiety during this past week? Just so if you had like one. No, let's start with five. You had five. I know I did. I had several fears, anxieties, stuff that creeps up. I wish wasn't there. And I need a baptism of the love of God to, to push that stuff out. Perfect love casts out fear. And we need that. We need that identity. We need that security. We need that affirmation. We need to hear the Father say He loves us every single day. At least I do. I need to know I'm loved. I'm, and I'm a child. I love hearing Jonathan, Jonathan sing it. You know, I'm no longer... <laughs> Um, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of the living God. And so we gather, and what do we need more than anything? What we need is Jesus. We need, and so Jesus comes and He stands among them. So here we are, and Jesus is here. Isn't it powerful? We're not just here to, you know, this is a, the Lions Club or the Rotary or something. We're, we're the church of the living God. And Jesus comes and stands among us, and then whew, everything changes. When you walk into the room, we sing a song, when you, when you walk into the room, everything changes. Everything changes. And so we are the church of the living God. We are the, the bride who's receiving the affectionate, passionate love of the Son of God. That's us. We're the body. We're the neck down. We are... Uh, the, the the fullness. You want to know the fullness of Jesus? You can't ever know it by yourself. He's head over all things for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. There's one way to get the fullness. It's together, living life together in the church with our brothers and sisters in community. So there He is, standing among them. And He speaks. Oh man, isn't that what we need? We need the word of the Lord that says, peace to our troubled souls. Peace be with you. 
Peace be with you. Peace be with you, brother. Peace be with you, sister. We need it. Peace be with our family. Peace be with those. We got some that are hurting this morning. I got a text early this morning. There's some hurting. Just there was an accident and just peace. You know, be to these brothers and sisters in the church. You know, peace. And that's what we need. And what on the other end of that happens? He speaks the peace and they see him. There's a revelation. There's an insight. There's, there's, their hearts are changed. And what happens then? Joy. How many times do you come in here and it just, you're frumpy, you're cranky, you just, there's Limburger cheese spread around your nose. It's just kind of the whole world and, and you come into the presence of God and Jesus is here and just, we worship and it's hard to leave cranky and grumpy, isn't it? I mean, really? Come on. It's just, it's hard, man. He brings joy to our troubled souls. And there's just, there's life there. And so here we are as the church. And in Christ, we've been brought into this circle. I'm going to keep sitting down over here because I want to get a picture in our heads that we would see ourselves and pray from this perspective of sharing in the dance with the Father and with the Holy Spirit and with the Son. And this love, and it's going to affect the way we love each other. It's going to affect our, our unity and our oneness. I was, uh, I was doing some writing earlier in the year, and I was reflecting on how the Trinitarian shape of our faith affects our church life here at Antioch. And just, I was, I was reflecting on a bunch of different things, and I, I wrote down nine specific areas and I'm not going to like preach them, but I just I want to discipleship. That's a relational thing that that images the triune God of love in our relationships and care and love for each other, that we would follow Jesus more clearly and more intentionally. Evangelism. If we know that God loves us like this and was is willing to go to the cross, it's going to affect the way we share the good news that it's way better than what anybody ever thought. And the deeper you reflect on it, the more it's going to grow in your heart to understand how great, the, maybe let's call it the great news. I mean, it's, it's, even, it's, it's awesome good news, right? It's just super good news. It's going to affect the preaching. You know, if I'm standing up and I'm seeing the relational God of love and Jesus is the Son of the Father and the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to, it's going to get out. I'm, every now and then I'll have some veins and get excited. Mostly stand here and be calm. But every now and then get excited. You know, because it's just awesome, right? It's going to affect our worship and singing. We talked about this last week. I mean, pause every now and then in the midst of this wonderful worship, this thin place between heaven and earth when we worship and listen to the voices. We're just, by God's grace, we're able to occupy this space with all of this diversity and differences and yet be here as one together. That's like God. Worship and singing, listening prayer. It's where we uh, help deal with things and burdens from the past and say, what does the Father say about that? What does the Father say about that? And it just brings healing and hope to our souls. Life groups, these groups where we come together as just basic Christian community. It affects our leadership and decision making here in the elders and in our staff and that we're constantly saying, Jesus, how many thousands of times we've prayed in 26 years Jesus, you're the head of the church. Lead us. It's not about a person. It's about Jesus. And that's our, 
That's our elder philosophy. That's our staff philosophy. That's our, uh, you know, leadership philosophy. Um, conflict resolution. Here's a great one. Because the Father, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Proston theon. So that means turned toward. And so we make a big deal about this around here at Antioch, that God is always turned toward. He's turned toward and that's, it's for, it's like us being in the image of God that we don't turn away, but that we turn toward one another. That we turn toward one another in love and that we work through our stuff and the junk diversity. I already hit that about the different brothers and sisters, but I mean, look around the room. You know, this is an image of God thing that there's all these different ages and ethnicities and backgrounds and all this stuff. And we're all here together as one people. I was with the, Pastors uh, in the city, we do a regional thing right now, and we're having lunch over here in the in the venue cafe area, and just looking around the room, just all this all this diversity, and God, I I think He loves it. I think He love. We need Christ Church Assembly of God. We need Pleasant Mount Gilead Missionary Baptist Church. We need the Potter's House. We need. Hewland Street. We need McKinney, soon to be Doxology Bible Church. Did y'all know that? They're changing their name. It's out on the website. I didn't, it's no big, like. <laughs> it's totally happening. We bless them. We bless Travis Avenue Baptist. We bless South Hills Baptist. We bless Wedgwood Baptist right around the corner here from us. I mean, and all the pat, we love each other. And that's an image of God thing. So when we gather, when we come together, man, good stuff happens. Good. Where did you gather with brothers and sisters this past week? Think about it. Not just here, but in your life groups, in discipleship. And I was in two hospital rooms where Jesus just showed his presence right there. Two different hospital rooms. Uh, women's prayer. I was in the women's prayer meeting. I go about every six weeks, whether I want to or not. I always want to. I see the cars there and it's just because I get blessed when they go in there and we pray. And It's okay, guys. I'm feeling secure. Love my sisters so much. Um, the young adults were up here. I think 40 of them were up here in the cafe venue. We were having this lunch. I, was, I didn't even know there was going to be a worship night. And I was getting ready for the pastors coming over. And then uh, I look in there and there's worships. The, all those instruments and stuff are set up in the middle with spotlights right down on that. And, and Aaron was finishing setting up and he said, yeah, we're having a worship night for the young adult section. I was like, dude, that, like, I didn't even know, like, people were going to come meet with God and get rocked like that. Isn't that awesome? Play, uh, could you play that clip? So, That's from the venue on Thursday. iPhone recording. Silence, fear, Jesus, Jesus, 
Okay, so that's just going on. Just like some, I, they, you know, and I, and I, I got a text and said, hey, listen to this. It's Austin Lewis. Hey, listen to this. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. He goes, that's not the half of it. There's a bunch more happening, you know. And so as we gather, great stuff happens. You know, we come with our stuff and Jesus is there and he speaks peace to us and we are overjoyed. Not great. So we gather. Second piece of this thing is that we get to know the relational God of love as we go. So as we gather and as we go, verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you as the father has sent me, I am sending you. With that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. You know, so one of the things I love about this passage, I I love all the great commissions and love the words of Jesus. But one of the things I love about this one is it just it's so it's so clearly Trinitarian. I mean, just as the father sent me, I'm sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on it. It's kind of a, a prefiguring of the church being birthed, right? You know, it's, 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 it's not Pentecost, but it's a prefiguring of that. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Powerful. And if we're united with Christ, it makes sense that we would be joining the mission of Christ to the world. Not to die on the cross for the sins of the world, but we would be joining Him in what He's doing. Does that make sense? So if we're united with Christ, one of the things we're going to see is that this love is so full and overflowing that it cannot be contained. This love cannot be contained. So from all eternity, this love and sharing and mutual surrender, self-sacrificing, giving and preferring is happening in this swirl of oneness while maintaining distinction. This is happening from all eternity And out of this overflowing love comes creation. Out of this overflowing love comes our plan for adoption. Out of this overflowing love comes a plan to heal us when we're broken and we're messed up. And so Jesus says, I'll do it, Father. And that's his heart then to go and to be on the mission to all those things that that the Bible says there's 45 times in John where Jesus talks about being sent. Sent by the Father to reveal the Father, to show the Father's love, to speak the Father's words, to show the Father's actions. I mean, it just it's this ongoing, flowing list of things that He wants to do uh, and to show us. Sent to reveal salvation and to bring light and to demonstrate God's reign and to heal and to hope and to share life with us and love with us and all of these to show what the Father's like, to show the gospel of forgiveness and the gospel of peace and the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. To show all of that. That's what He's He's showing us and declaring that God is good and trustworthy. And so as we, as we are people that are sent out, that's why we, at the end of every service, we say, may the Lord bless you and may He send you as kingdom people out into your different spheres of influence and life in the world and all that you're doing. We are ambassadors 
We are representatives of the one who sent us. Right? So Jesus represented the Father and He's sending us. We are representatives of Jesus, ambassadors of Jesus everywhere we go. In our neighborhoods, in our places of work, in the university, in schools, all around, all the thing, all those different spheres. You know, we put the spheres diagram up, Jesus and His people at the center, and then we're constantly going out and doing all of these different things. We're coming back together and then we're going out. You know, we talked about... Uh, the Tijuana mission trip uh, for the college. We're, we're doing a little pre-recruiting for that. But, uh, I mean, we're, we're, that's who we are as a people. We're a, we're a sent people. We're an apostolic people that are sent out. You know, we've got to get a hold of it. Like Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And so this past year in Indonesia, we had 1,200 people from the 30 churches in the U.S., 32 I think it is, that, that went to Indonesia. 1,200 different people on short-term trips to just to that one country. I know two years ago, we had over 1,900 from the Antioch churches go to the Engage the Crisis. We had 10 bases along the, 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 the trail there that the Syrian refugees were walking along. So, and, and uh, just uh, on their journey. And so it's as we go. Mission trips or work, whatever it is in life. And so let me wrap this up here with this idea. We get to know the relational God of love as we gather, as we come together, and as we scatter, as we go, as we're sent out into the world. And we do this as we respond. And so what I mean here is it's not just we respond when we're going. We respond when we're gathering. We respond when we're going. We want to live all of life in God's presence. So this passage here, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you as the Father has sent me. As the Father has sent me. So think about how did Jesus live His life? He lived in constant dependence on the Father, right? I I do nothing of my own initiative. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. And so for us, you know, we want to immerse ourselves in Scripture so that we can know the words of God and appropriate them by the Holy Spirit's leading in the moment. And so this phrase we use a lot is, we need to wake up. We need to wake up to God's presence. Because we drift so easy, right? We're so easily distracted. Like a third is easy, easily distracted. It's just... Oh, Lord, help us with this. Staying awake and aware and alive to God's presence. It's part of the relationship. I, I, I came across this years ago. Anybody ever heard of Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby? Older people, raise your hands. Um, so put that slide up. It's just a great little visual of kind of how God's... This is how we're doing this. This is how we're doing the journey. How we do the journey is trying to hear Him, trying to respond to Him. God's always working. He's always working. He wants us to know Him and to, to experience Him. He wants a relationship with us and He's always bringing that invitation to us so that when we hear Him in the moment, it's like, wow, Lord, yes, that sounds like You. I think that's You. And I want to respond. Go love that person. You know, and even if you just risk it and you love somebody sacrificially and it totally wasn't God, it's okay. It's okay. You know, it's okay. So God speaks. But what happens on the other side of that is always some kind of, oh, 
Am I going to trust You, Lord? Am I going to trust You, Lord? And, it, and we have to make some adjustments in our life to do that. To trust the Lord. We always, there's always a little bit of adjustment, a little bit of sacrifice. Sometimes there's some suffering involved in it, but there's some adjustments. But as we do that, we are stepping into the zone with God. And it's a zone where we experience Him. We obey Him. We walk in responsive love and obedience to God. And that's where the life is. That's it. You know, this abiding thing, if you abide in me and I in you, there's life there. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I'm just, I'm just trying to make a case here for us to be people that are living out of this place right here. Just we're abiding in Him. And when I'm tempted to just anxiety out, freak out, my Father is looking at me with the love that He has for Jesus. Jesus is loving me with the Father's love for Him. And it's not less than, it's exactly the same. We talk about these verses, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. It's just powerful. It's mind-blowing. And in all of this, you know, when we... Uh, uh, quick story. This is what it looks like. So I'm on jury duty last Friday. And yeah, and uh, I'm on jury duty and I got pushed to the back. They don't, I, don't, I guess they don't want a lead pastor of a church leading the jury thing or something. They weren't going to select me, but I had to be there for the whole, whole day. Got out at five. It was, it was a long day. And I, through the course of that, I, at one point I was texting Kim. I was just trying to figure out where's everybody from? You know, you get into this, what's, I was just this cross section of humanity. And, and I'm texting Kim and I suddenly realized, I'm not loving these people. I'm trying to judge them and figure out who they are, what they're doing, where they're from, and where they're going. And I just, it was like insta, like the presence of God came on me with his unsurpassable love for them. Because that's how he loves every single one of them. He came for all. For God so loved the world that he gave. And, and it just, it, I'm texting Kim literally in mid finger pressing <laughs> and it just I was like oh yeah God you love you love him and then so I started smiling I started smiling at everybody it changed the whole atmosphere of the jury hall thing while we were on break just walking around smiling at people God, I'm just thinking God loves you God loves you it just changes the atmosphere right so in all of this it's relationship it's relationship there's rhythms just like in life, family, friends, there's rhythms there. God wants us to be in that kind of rhythmic relationship with Him. So, famous passage, we talked about it last week, Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, you know, I've made the Father known. No one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So, in that passage, in the, in the message translation, Eugene Peterson, this is one of the more famous uh, passages in Peterson's translation. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Come to me and you'll have peace. You'll have, you'll have peace. And what I want you to do is learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I, I love that. It blows me away. But that, and that's where I got the title. And that is exactly in the context of getting to know God. It's get to know God that the Son reveals to us that we start learning the rhythms, the unforced rhythms of His grace that's good for us, 
It's, it's life for us. As we learn these rhythms, we get to know God. And we learn that He is the treasure. That, that is the treasure. Knowing this, it's not like this and then something else. Like, this is the treasure. Knowing Jesus. Knowing the Father. Knowing the Holy Spirit. This is the life that He's called us into. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. And when, we, that, when that knowledge becomes ours, and we start living out of that, we change the world. And that's what I got. Y'all stand up. Amen. Worship team, come on. We've got a few minutes, so we're going to just respond to God. We do this at the end of every service. If you're visiting with us, just a little bit of response time, just ministry. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's uh, one of the things I want to say is that it's in prayer, somebody praying for you that lives are changed. It's amazing. Just what a, somebody just laying a hand on your shoulder and praying for you in the name of Jesus. And so I've got a couple things. If you want to start a relationship with Jesus Christ, let today be the day. He's just big invitation. He's inviting you to himself and just come and get somebody to pray with you. If that's you. And if, if, if you're in a situation this morning where you're going, I am experiencing anxiety and I need the word of Jesus speaking peace to my heart. Then, then get somebody to pray with you. If the front fills up, just get, just ask somebody close by that you came with. Would you pray for the peace of Jesus to be in my life? And whatever other need you may have, just as we're finishing up this series, man, let's be people that say, God, I want you. I want all of you. I want to know you and be in relationship and learn the rhythms of gathering and going and practicing your presence, walking with you all the time. Let's go for it. You guys respond. Father, we need you change lives, shape lives, conform us to the very image of Jesus Christ, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Go ahead, you guys. Get prayer. Thank you, Lord. If you need Jesus, come. Get prayer. If you're going through a crisis of belief, get prayer. God would stir up faith. You're struggling with judging instead of giving other people God's love. Get prayer.